This is Channel Q. And just like that, here we are back in the Channel Q studios, the show that still has no name. Some people saying we should just call it Insert Show Here. Very clever. I like that one personally. Yeah, that's one of my faves as well. Uh, We're not going to talk at all about Michael Cohen today because we feel like uh, that's being covered pretty much everywhere else. And also, we've got a bunch of quotes from Michael Cohen to play throughout the show today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, when I think of shows that don't have a name, I think of in-depth Michael Cohen coverage. Yeah. Don't you? It, it, listen, I, um, like a lot of people, I woke up, it was on. I mean, I was up a few hours before it started. I did watch. You were? Oh, I yeah. I feel like it started the second I opened my eyes. Well, that's because you don't have two children that wake up at four in the morning because ah. they crap themselves. Yeah. Well, I have cats that crap themselves. Yeah, it's a different thing altogether because you can just let that just kind of hang out and they'll uh, eventually figure <laughs> it out or you'll just end up on an episode of Hoarders and deal with it down the line. <laughs> Wait, but, so you've been up since... What time uh, did you get up this morning? I was morning? up at 4 a.m. Oh, no. 4 a.m. On which, purpose. Which meant I had plenty of time to prepare myself to watch uh, hours and hours of testimony and yelling and I'll tell you, and we'll listen to some of this in a well, moment. like your house. It, it really, it was actually a nice break from the yelling going on in my house to uh, watch yelling on you TV. You lied! No, you didn't! Uh, yes, you did! I like to watch grown-ass men in khakis yell at each other. <laughs> For some reason, I find that uh, much more enjoyable. Uh, it's, uh, listen... We will find out over the next few hours, next few days, uh, what the repercussions or repercussions, depending on how you'd like to pronounce that word, um, of this play out. But, and we're not going to spend the entire show talking about it because we got a lot of other things to get to, things we didn't get to yesterday that we promised. Uh, who knows? Allie and I could break into song at any moment. That's been known to happen from time to time here on uh, Channel Q as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's just... Uh, I, I'm... There's um, some good sound bites. I there think. are great sound bites, and uh, and I'm sure that people will be, uh, of course, turning this into memes. Uh, they have been doing that already, um, but I just think we should take a, a second to listen to together something um, said earlier this morning from uh, Michael Cohen, and uh, and I and I think, Ali, you will help me decide whether or not um, we would do great if we were ever to speak in front of Congress. <laughs> Because there's like a way that you have to say things where you want to sound smart, but also uninformed but, at the same time. Yeah, it, there's a way to not answer any questions. That is a real, it's a, it's a real art it, that it, some of these people, that, I mean, you can't go to school for this stuff. And even if they failed, they wouldn't give anyone their grades. So. I spent most of the time just angry that I don't have my own personal fixer. I was thinking to myself, <laughs> man, if I had a fixer, I mean, even just for picking up dry cleaning and stuff like that. <laughs> But then you, you throw it in the mix, problems, you got a telemarketer that won't leave you alone. I was just angry that I've never Had even fixer th- money? thought about, imp- yeah, I mean, I don't even know what a fixer costs, but I've never even thought about employing my own personal fixer or like a family fixer takes care of problems. It just seems like that should be a priority potentially even over food and water. This guy also, he was like the bald guy in House of Cards, right? Yes. It's just like, all right, bald guy, you go kill this person or go do this and, you know, fix everything and clean everything up. That was his job. Yeah, clean up messes, take care of this prostitute. I mean, now we're talking about House of Cards, but in some ways the, you know, it's It's, funny. Some translates, yeah. One of the reasons I stopped watching House of Cards, which is a show that I thoroughly enjoyed, part of it potentially had to do with everything going on with Kevin Spacey. But I think the real reason was that the reality of the world was becoming so much more interesting or or at least so much more... um, I don't Unbelievable. know. Unbelievable. The stakes. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was the, the, the reality was stranger than the fiction of the show. And so when you were watching kind of a, a standard run of the mill presidency, you'd look to the show and be like, whoa, this is so sensationalistic. But then when the reality of what was going on in the White House, every day, every minute, every tweet was so much more interesting than Game of Thrones. 
uh, excuse me, House of Cards and Game of Thrones. Yeah. Really. Now I'm done with Game of Thrones too. The yeah, White House is more ridiculous than that. They're both completely translatable. Yeah, I mean, if you want rewatch House of Cards, I mean, you, you just go, oh, all the president did was shove that girl in front of a train. Well, that's nothing. Yeah, that was nothing. By well, the compared way, compared to what's going on now. If you haven't seen it yet, sorry, that's a big spoiler for the that's end of a, the first season. Yeah, you don't know who. Here, uh, let's take a listen to this. We'll uh, listen to some of these throughout the day today, and uh, just pretend this is an episode of Divorce Court or Judge Judy that's been going on. Oh, uh, for- I would love Judge Judy to be asking the questions in this testimony. It would have been great. Uh, Somebody- been all the all the TV judges, Mathis, all of them, just a whole panel of TV judges. Dig up Wapner, bring him back. Is he dead? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, let's take a listen. I am right. ashamed that I chose to take part in concealing Mr. Trump's illicit acts rather than listening to my own conscience. Now, that's his daughter. That's Ivanka right now. I should point that out. (laughs) Speaking? That's his daughter speaking right now, yes. Uh, No, that's Michael Cohen, of course, and uh, he's, of course, uh, full of remorse and regret and uh, spent 10 years, he spent a lot of time talking about it. We spent 10 years of his life trying to uh, lie to protect the president. And uh, I would think that if you have a fixer, you know, that goes with the territory of being a fixer. Also, yeah, I think that's in your job description. If well, you're just the person who cleans up the mess, you well, assume that there is mess. What we're learning here is, and, and more often than not, I think people, like Ali, you have a best friend, I'm sure. Maybe it's your wife, maybe it's someone else. But you <sighs> have you have a friend uh, that knows secrets about you that you don't want anyone else to know, right? And maybe it's just because they're embarrassing, or maybe it's because it's things you did that you know were you know either illegal or immoral or whatever, but you're not the president of anything. I mean, you weren't even voted president of your Girl Scout troop back in the day. Or whatever. No, 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 no. I really was never put in charge of anything or given any kind of responsibility, and I didn't really want it. But um, yeah, I mean, everyone has that person that they confide in, but from what he's saying... It was anybody who worked for him understood that you were lying on a regular basis for this dude and you were kind of part of the cause, whatever that was. But that's also like... I mean, I remember being in high school and being in a certain group of friends, and you re- you you know that when you're around those types of friends, you're going to be a catty bitch, and you're going to be lying, and you're going to be talking about people behind their backs, and that's just kind of how you act with those people. And it seems like that's that translates here where it's you, when you're with this group of people you know you're going to be lying and cheating and doing this and that and that's just kind of it was accepted generally all right here, here he is here he is uh, feeling remorse for that we'll talk about the, this and then uh, get into this a little bit throughout the show today but fear not we've got everything else to get to including a uh, news or loser coming up as well as some of the other things that we have planned for you uh, like the uh, patent pending and always reliable wednesday gay ma with questions that i have for ali and the lgbt Q plus community and questions that she has for me, a member of the straight community. We'll get to all of that. I will answer my questions the same way that Michael Cohen answered most of his questions today. Here I am ashamed that I chose to take part in concealing Mr. Trump's illicit acts rather than listening to my own conscience. I am ashamed because I know what Mr. Trump is. He is a racist. He is a con man. And he is a cheat. Now, who doesn't tune in to watch that show Thursday nights on wow. ABC? Huh? Yeah. What a and tagline. The, I mean, the fact that he said, yeah, you know, a lot of people think horrible things about this guy. He's even worse in person. Right. Like, I, I always <laughs> was like, like, wow. I was just okay. like, well, he cheats on his wife. That's right. probably not a cool thing to do. And uh, yeah, he said some things that I could understand why people would find them to be offensive. But 
the stories he was telling, sharing about outright racism, you know, saying things as they were driving through Chicago neighborhoods, and he was saying, oh, only black people would live like this. Yeah, or, or black people wouldn't vote for me because they're not smart enough to. Right. And this is like alleged, by the way, we should point that out. And also, I'm sure uh, uh, Trump has already been ver- pretty vocal in saying that this guy's a known liar. And that was kind of the point that all of the Republicans were making today, is that you can't trust anything this guy's saying because he's already uh, lied and then admitted to lying. Yeah, and but it, he's he's supposed to be he like he started out lying and now he's supposed to be unlying. Well, and now they're like you're lying about unlying. This was this reminded me so much of like uh, fights I get into with my wife about things where she'll be like, I'll say, well, you're just not right here, and she says, yeah, but you never think I'm right. But then she'll say, remember that time six years ago when you said, yeah, you're all right, but I didn't admit you were right at the time, and now I'm right, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. happened. I don't well, know what happened here. And that's where we get screw ourselves over because weed has ruined our memories, and yes. we don't have documents of specific that that'll get you. If it's you funny. don't have specific examples, you're screwed. Uh, the phrase liar, liar, pants on fire was mentioned during this, but uh, no mention of weed, which would have been a, a great mention at some point just to say, look, I don't know, I smoked a little bit of weed and I don't really remember the answers yeah. to these questions. Here's, <laughs> just uh, Kamala Harris it. Uh, I always like it when uh, swear words get onto the, 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 the news and they don't get beeped and then you get to see people react because I also think that as a society, we uh, are far too sensitive about a few profanities. I think that that's not the kind of thing that's going to really damage us. We've got bigger issues use bigger fish to fry, which is an expression that I don't think PETA likes us to use anymore. But uh, anyway, here's uh, here's Cohen swearing earlier, which, uh, you know, I think you'll enjoy this alley as yeah. well. That the testimony that you are about to give is the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Let the record show that the witness answered in the affirmative, and thank you, and you may be seated. The microphone. Well, that that clip was clearly horribly labeled. He said, F yeah. No. No, I, he, I do swear. Uh, the, uh, so the, he swore beyond a reasonable doubt? Is the, that the joke? The clip. I wasn't making a joke. The clip. I'm not going to say that we're not a well-produced <laughs> operation here. a law joke? No. The, the clip that was labeled hor- horribly, which was Cohen swearing. And it's really not. He was because being, he did let a bunch of S-bombs he said, out. He said S-hole 40 yeah, times. Yeah. S-hole. Trump said this was an S-hole. Trump yeah. said that. So, if you, <laughs> just by the way, whoever's trying to help us with this show, and believe it or not, there are people trying to help us, uh, uh, labeling, a, labeling a clip Cohen swearing as opposed to Cohen swearing in when he did swear a lot, and I thought that would be a much yeah. more interesting clip to play right now doing a live radio show. Why don't you label it appropriately? Because I really wanted him going, I thought we were gonna, I thought we were going to be able to play the, uh, the S-hole words on, yeah, the, on the air. Which, yeah. Because if CNN can do it, why can't we do it? Well, he actually didn't even swear. I mean, he didn't say anything. They just said, well, let's indicate that he is nodding. Right. That was, <laughs> was just. Like there was no him talking at all Listen, on the microphone. I know that sometimes you can hear the frustration that Allie and I have uh, on a relatively daily basis by dealing with some of the things that we have to deal with when trying to put on a show that is both interesting, somewhat educational, but more importantly, entertaining, and uh, don't have a lot of support to make all that happen. Uh, you can understand now why I would be so angry <laughs> that a cl- stupid Cohen, Cohen swear. outright swearing. I mean, that's he didn't even say anything. Let's listen to that clip again. I mean, because there's should, so many it pauses. Should, it shouldn't even say Cohen in here. that the testimony that you are about to give is the whole truth. And nothing but the truth. It could have been so edited. God. Just a bunch of. I've... Let the record show that the witness answered in the affirmative. Great. And thank you, and you may be seated. Why was this that, is the most exciting. Why was part that? Of the there were so many fascinating back and forth. <laughs> F you, F you, asshole. Where's that stuff? Mm-hmm. I can't trust you. I can't or trust was this that. Out the, but when Michael Cohen said that Trump said 
Are you, you think I'm stupid? I'm not going to Vietnam. Well, that was one of my favorites. Let's see if this is any better. Hold on. In our committee staff search of documents provided by the White House that were otherwise redacted or already in the public, and I guess the White House thought that was funny, they made one mistake, the White House. There was an email from a special assistant to the president, to a deputy White House counsel, and the email is dated May 16th, 2017, and it says, and I quote, POTUS, meaning the president, requested a meeting on Thursday with Michael Cohen and Jay Sekulow. Let me just uh, let you know before I go back into this, if we, if we even do, this is a, uh, this is a two and a half minute clip that was put in. <laughs> so we would have to sit through an awful lot of this. Somehow, us- I think we should start a testimony between the person us and the person who pulled these clips. Uh, we're going to have to. I'd like to figure out what Do the hell's going on. Do you swear that you pulled these clips of your own recognizance? Yeah. Uh, was this some sort of a sabotage? You're trying to bring down our show today? Giving us these <laughs> Did useless clips? Did you know clips? the length of the clips when you pulled them? Well, uh, I guess that's a shame on us because uh, we, uh, of course, in, in attempting to do a live and very topical, very of the moment show, didn't have the. Uh, on, we have no one to blame but ourselves, Ali. We should have gone. We should have sat down and gone through each of these and listened to them in their entirety, or we should have just because you and I were talking about it this morning as it was going on as well. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, and really. I was saying we, it was a bad couple of weeks for checks, we, personal we, checks. Oh, boy, personal checks. <laughs> really well, ruining people Well, really, st- starting in the beginning of 2019, <laughs> where people were still writing 2018 on them, and they have to cross it out and initial it. I mean, it's just been a bad, Just this yeah. has just not been a good year for checks. Checks are busting people in a big way. Uh, a lot of people are pointing out on uh, online that Trump's signature looks a lot like a polygraph test as well, yeah. which I thought was fascinating. <laughs> anyway, uh, we will, uh, listen, we got a good show planned for you today. Uh, eventually, at some point, maybe during a song, we will go through these clips and try to give you ones that are a little bit more relevant to the discussion we plan on having. Or we'll just pick ones at random, which is apparently what happened okay. before we went on the air today. Oh, Cohen cursing. There we go. <laughs> that we don't have... I, here, do you want to hear Cohen worried? Let's listen. <laughs> it says Cohen worried? Let's, is that let, the name let's of listen, the clip? Let's listen to Cohen worried and okay. find out what this is. I, I wonder if he even says anything. <laughs> you want to take a bet right now if Cohen even makes an, uh, any says anything during this Okay, at all? I'm going to bet you 10 bucks now. Okay, let's find out. A recurring theme in your testimony is concerned for your family's safety. What specifically are you most concerned about? Well, the president, ah. unlike my Cohen for Trump that has a thousand followers, he's got over 60 million people. And when Mr. Trump turned around early in the campaign and said, I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it, I want to be very clear. He's not joking. He's telling you the truth. Mm. All right. Well, there you go. Labeled appropriately. He does sound worried. He does sound worried. That's beautiful. <laughs> I, I don't think this is... I am worried. I don't think this is labeled properly. I think this is a typo. It says Groomer Cohen. Do you think groomer? they... Do they talk about his grooming? Uh, <laughs> no, there's no way. Now, when and how often did you shave well, anyway, in front of the president? Listen, we will uh, get into some other things today, including guilt tips, which we didn't get into yesterday. Uh, of course, the news that are losing coming up, where we'll probably break this down a little bit further. And as we mentioned earlier, uh, the gay MA. Yesterday, we never got around to the Just the Tip Tuesday. So hopefully, we'll squeeze that into today's show as well. More on the way to show that has no name on the all-new Channel Q. Channel Q. It's the all-new Channel Q, a show that still has no name. That is Allie. My name is Kevin. Thanks for being with us today. It's great to have you. All the new cities checking us out for the very first time. Got to talk to some of our new listeners in Chicago yesterday. You can always interact with the show on the phones at 833-77-CALL-Q, on the socials at We Are Channel Q, and perhaps you're uh, finding us for the very first time. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, give us your ears. You can find us on the radio.com app as well as your smart speakers. Pretty soon, you uh, didn't know we existed, and now you will not be able to avoid us, which is really the goal. Mm-hmm. 
Um, lots to get into throughout the show today. Thank you for taking a break from checking out all of the Michael Cohen memes and sound bites that are online. Clearly, those ones were well, uh, way better thought out than the ones that were provided <laughs> for us to do today's show. But we yeah. will get into that a little bit later. Um, you know, more discussions to be had, I'm sure. Uh, just using that as the backdrop for this discussion, Allie. Do you believe there are things in your life that you've ever done that could come back and haunt you? And yeah. I say this now now that we all leave digital footprints everywhere. It used to just be you get a paper shredder, you shred a few things, you're probably okay. But now between pictures that we post, even pictures other people post that we're in the background of, uh, there is a good chance, and maybe it will not be a, as big of a story as what's been uh, unfolding today, right? But that at some point, something that we did or said or a video that we were in is going to potentially or could resurface, and it in many ways it could destroy your repu- all that we've built your reputation. <laughs> I don't want to say we haven't built much, but uh, no. But I'm saying reputation or relationships, or all of a sudden, and this is the part that I think would stink more than anything else. All these people that you feel like you've built a relationship with your entire life because of something. It, they question if they even know who you are or what you stand for. I mean, one of the things that Cohen kept repeating over and over again was like, I was the emergency contact for all my kids' friends. Oh, I, I know. Which is kind of a weird thing to say. Like, it's like, I, is that something you brag about? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, no one wants it to be- you're I, the biggest loser. Yeah, I don't want to be people's emergency contact. No. I actually, I was shocked. Like, my wife- doesn't even know my phone number and I think that's probably a good thing because she still writes down like her parents as her emergency contact even though they live like 6,000 miles away. Right. They probably wouldn't even answer the phone if actually being contacted. Probably not. I'm actually, I could be there probably within 10 minutes but I'm not even on the list. Right. So that's a tough job but he was saying, oh, all of my kids' friends use me as the emergency contact because- He just like crowbarred that in too. It was not really part of what was being talked about at all. He's he's a guy that I think for the most part feels that he lived his life like a a, relationship reliable guy that was loyal and reliable and maybe that's why you know he's in the situation he's in now because he was trying to be loyal and reliable to a you know a a pretty despicable character i guess you could describe trump that way uh, at least in some of the business dealings and uh, personal things that were going on but in your life unrelated to this are you concerned at all about things that you've done, even if they were 5, 10, 15 years ago, that will haunt you potentially in the future? So, yes, there are a few things off the top of my head, but there, I just want to start by saying there are probably, what worries me more is that there are several things that I've done to offend people that I don't even remember or know about, and that I've pissed people off and they don't talk to me anymore or have cut me out of their lives and I don't even know, so maybe I, something I said on, on the air or something that offended somebody or upset somebody and they never talked to me about it and then all of a sudden they're out of my life. That's my number one fear. And for you, it's not even a memorable thing because you don't necessarily even know what you did. Maybe you had no malice in your heart no, or whatever. But, but someone took them, it the wrong way or they, whatever. Right, they've, they've taken it and because they have, have not had the discussion with you, they now potentially are going to let this thing e- either continue to grow inside of their head or their heart or whatever and they will look back and potentially be like you hurt me so badly and you had no and you don't know you even did it right, right. because that was not your goal necessarily yes the second thing is that when we first started our show together in San Francisco you painted a rather in favorable picture of me because one day i said indian style on the air and then you decided that i was a racist 
Well, so that's, now that's a term that I think we've all, even before the world got overly sensitive about everything, I think that that was one of the first terms that I remember. People were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" It's crisscross applesauce. We all know that <laughs> Indian style. Well, was I'm a- offended by crisscross applesauce. I think it's too long. I don't think that it really accurately presents a picture of what you're supposed to be doing with your legs. But anyway. Also, apples are full of arsenic, so there's poison inside (laughs) of the seeds. We all know that. But uh, yes, I did... I did coin your nickname for a long time, Racist Alley. Right. I wasn't going to bring it up on, on Channel Q, but now that you have, great. Everyone's well, no. learned a new nickname. <laughs> no. That's at Racist no. Alley over the there. The reason I bring it up is because it's made me ultra paranoid, and there was a picture when I was doing the Marie Kondo tidying up. I went through some old shows that I had done, and I was in a production of Peter Pan where I played a Native American villager hmm. doesn't and, seem like the role you probably would have wanted well no i wanted to play peter pan and i was one of the final people to be called back for that role and then i was given the role of a native american and i have pictures of me on stage in that costume that if anybody found they would be horribly offended by and be like oh my god she is a crazy racist and i'm like no i didn't have any i wasn't trying to culturally misprope that's the costume i was given so that kind of thing bothers me too the other time is when i lied about my mom having a brain injury. Oh, yeah, that was to get out of a, a <laughs> ticket, right? A, a speeding ticket? No, no, no. I was to get out of uh, doing a show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. because I was supposed to do it. It was a tech rehearsal for a show, but then I had like booked some tiny industrial commercial or something, and I wanted to get out of doing the show, so I lied about my mom having an operation. No need to use this segment to brag about your acting career, both both as getting cast as a, I was double booked. What vi- was I going to do? A villager and a local, uh, whatever you called it, dumb commercial, but- <laughs> I think if we all think about our lives, think back to things we've done, even if they were things we did as a child, things we did in school, things we did. Like, I'll tell you right now, and I feel horrible even admitting this in the world that we live in now with Me Too and, 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 and everything, guys being aggressive perverts and everything like that. There was a time I was do? dating a, I think it was seventh grade, and I was dating a, a, a girl, and maybe in sixth grade, Dee Dee, and we had not uh, French kissed yet. We were going to French kiss at a uh, at a rollerblading party, which I know sounds Hot. like something only guys would French kiss at with each other, but okay. <laughs> anyway, the deal was that if she wanted me to uh, French kiss her- and Are you sure Dee Dee was a lady? Um, no, Dee Dee, you know what? It was right in her name. Dee <laughs> Dee. I, I mean, it, it could have been more obvious. She was a lady. And uh, the deal was- she was going to uh, have her uh, shirt untucked if I was going to... Uh, <laughs> was that the code? French kiss her, <gasps> and it was going to be tucked in if I was only supposed to uh, kiss her on the um, on the lips. So then, anyway, there was a... a it was a system. Who it, created that? I don't know, but it was a roller... The emergency sk- contact? It was a roller skating party, <laughs> and so when I got there, her shirt was half tucked. It was oh. like half out and half in. It was and like I, a French tuck? I was super confused. And so when it was time for us to kiss, I, I went for it and kind of cr- crammed my tongue in her mouth. <laughs> and she got really mad about that and Aww. said that I didn't play by the rules of the, the shirt code. Uh, I Once again, I got plausible deniability. I was confused by it. I don't think this is something that probably has uh, stuck with her. I feel bad about it now. Uh, I didn't feel that bad about it at the time because I was high-fiving everyone, going, yeah, just tongue kiss Didi. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, that's a dude, bro. <laughs> um, but- I, I but think she's wearing rollerblades. But, what the hell? But I think about that. And I wonder. I go. I wonder if that's something that, like, potentially in a very rare 
Yeah, one but in that, a million chance could have stuck with her as a way where she like has trust issues with guys or like somehow I put a, a literally a bad taste in her mouth. So I don't know. Like I I, I feel now we didn't break up. I don't up. think we, that that's bad. We though. stayed together after that an event, and within a couple of days, I think we were tongue kissing consensually. I want you to know it ended well, had a happy ending. But oh, at that okay. time, I felt pretty uh, bad about the way things went. And was this your first French kiss? No, no, no. My first one was way more awkward than that. It was during the movie Ghost in my buddy Paul Duggan's basement with a girl named Another Ca- guy? Carolyn Murphy. Oh. No, Carol- <laughs> Carolyn was her name. Her name was Steve. She had the uh, big. She I was had, like, I don't think you've ever kissed a woman. She Kevin. was the only one in fifth grade with a mustache. So, you know, I had to do it. Anyway. Wow. Uh, yeah. I don't think that that's that bad, though, Kevin. I mean, compared to all the other things that people are being uh, outed for, I think that is probably one of the tamest stories I've ever heard. So I think you're actually in the clear. And you, you were going based on the code, you were not going based on your own. Okay, I, obviously your shirt's tucked in, but I don't care. I'm just going to go for it. You were trying to play by the rules. The, by rules. the rules were unclear. And the rules are always weird. You do a spin the bottle, all those seven seven seconds in heaven or seven minutes yeah. in heaven. I mean, those rules are all out of control anyway. But I just think about as, you know, today everyone's talking about this testimony. They're reliving the, the 10 years uh, Cohen spent working for Trump. And in that time, he's trying to explain that I'm a decent guy. I'm not a liar, but I've lied. I'm not a this, but I've done this. And then, of course, you've got Democrats going, yeah, we, we understand what you're saying. And Republicans going, well, just by saying you're a liar, you're, you've lied, me, means you're a liar by the definition of the word and pants on fire because it rhymes. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's find out if this is, I think this clip is is uh, labeled, Cohen talks about French kissing Didi in seventh grade. Let's, let's listen. <laughs> who were the family members that you briefed on the Trump Tower Moscow project? No, no, it's a different Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka Trump. That's a... Wow. That is a different uh, clip that is, altogether. That is a different clip. Uh, Allie and I are here with you today talking not only about the uh, the big story, uh, the big elephant in the room. We uh, we, we cannot uh, ignore that because it is something that is uh, pretty much top trending internationally. Huge story in Russia, by the way. Uh, but <laughs> and we, there's a lot of fact checking that's going to happen over the last, you know, the next week or two before they corrobor- corroborate all the stuff. Because he says he's got evidence of all of this stuff and all these files and all these things to back up what he's saying so it's going to take a long time for people to pour over that decide how much of this is actually true when we get back though maybe you uh, work in the trump white house maybe you need to find a way to get more joy out of your daily job well we will give you a wednesday edition of just the tip tuesday right after this on the all-new channel q we are channel q it is the all-new Channel Q. Uh, thanks for being with us, and a very special welcome to all of the new cities that have added us into their ear holes. We appreciate it. That is Allie. My name is Kevin. In case you're wondering what the name of our show is, well, we have no name We're right now. We're wondering that, too. Yeah, we also are wondering, and there's been some great suggestions coming through. You can hit us up on the socials. You're Allie Johnson for Allie, me at the Kevin Klein, and of course the station at We Are Channel Q. You can still find us by our old moniker ntc show until the lawyers shut that down in the uh, meantime uh, I think you, lawyers are too busy right now i think we're gonna, the other stuff. i think we're gonna actually uh i think we can get michael cohen pretty cheap these days to be our <laughs> new lawyer now and fix things for us around here uh, damn anyway, it he got disbarred we'll get back into uh, some of that and ali will break down some of the uh, highlights or things you may have missed uh, as we get into news it or lose it coming up in just a bit but right now since we didn't get to it yesterday i got distracted with a variety of other things uh, let's give you some Just the Tips on a Wednesday. Uh, just the Tip is one of our favorite games to play in and out of the bedroom, and especially uh, when it be- when it comes to things that can change our lives for the better. And as we mentioned, today is one of those days. A lot of people 
a lot of camaraderie in the workplace, people sitting around watching testimony, watching clips, talking <laughs> about things. That's how people bond, That's you know, how they watching bo- testimony. They bond. Can you believe he said that? Can you believe he said asshole on CNN? I heard him say asshole on Fox News. I heard him say asshole on MSNBC. Well, we didn't hear him say asshole because no. that wasn't le- labeled properly. Uh, we did not hear him say asshole. <laughs> Instead, when I clicked on the clip called Cohen cursing or swearing, it was uh, him being sworn in and him not saying anything. Uh, by All the right. Way, uh, uh, I should also point out on Channel, uh, Channel Q, asshole is a compliment, so. Yeah, that's true. Uh, So these are, if you are having an unhappy uh, environment consistently in your workplace, this is science has now proven that there are four things you can do to tap into greater happiness at your workplace. Can I guess one of them? Yeah. Take the pictures uh, of your coworkers' cats that they have all over their cubicle and throw them out. No, oh. that is not the case. Huh. Actually, that was directed I, at you. I would like to add that I don't have any cat pictures. I don't have a desk. Well, uh, you did for, for, you know, when we first met, you had multiple cat pictures. Yeah, and don't give me crap because you gave me a yoga cats calendar, okay? And that the only place that that can exist is at work. Mm. Yes, for most people, but for you, I would have assumed you would have framed it and put it above, above your bed. <laughs> I put it in my cat calendar room. Oh, God damn it. A whole separate room. All right, number one, reach out to strangers. This seems a little counterintuitive, but because, you know, you go to your workplace and you just kind of sit at your cubicle or your open space plan and you just keep to yourself. But in order to be happier, you have to just walk up to, you know, Janice and HR and be like, hey, how's it going? Uh, a study found that when people connected with strangers, they were more likely to report happiness and positive experiences. Yeah, but at seeking some point... A, seeking a stranger to grab a cup of coffee. Going up to a coworker you have no relationship with and saying, hey, I'm about to get up, grab a coffee. You want to come? <laughs> I feel like that you're going to get uh, right to HR for hitting on someone. Right. It, it seems like that's a very dangerous territory I've tried it before because you got me all in this whole spiritual hippy dippy nonsense I that you're have. into. Well, just the concept of like being friend, being trying to be friendly and nice to everyone, and sometimes that means you always claim that I make the most uncomfortable, awkward small talk in elevators with strangers. Yeah. Like I make the ride incredibly uncomfortable and long feeling. You do. You, you scan your mental file cabinet over the most controversial things you could possibly say, and you're like, "This one's good for a whole group of people that we don't know." Well, yesterday I was whistling and then the elevator door opened and there was a, a stranger in there a woman and the door opened and she started to get out realized it was not the right floor so i had to get in with her and i said oh you just interrupted my whistling and she goes i love whistling and then i said you, you wanna- ever heard of the sh- <laughs> shirt tuck rule <laughs> i said <laughs> is your shirt half tucked in because i'm confused i said uh oh i won't continue doing it in the elevator the acoustics are, uh, are too loud and she goes I'd appreciate that. I thought she was going to say, let's whistle. I thought we were going to get into a, a, I thought it was going to be a beautiful whistling duet in the elevator. And she said, I I agree. Don't do that. She goes, I would appreciate that very much. And then she, (laughs) by the way, then after this happened, reached out and pushed the button of the next floor. Like she was going to go to a much higher (gasps) floor. And she pushed the button to get out on the next floor. I just wow. think she wanted to be. So I tried to have a nice conversation with a stranger, and it backfired. So she she obviously, that's the thing, is you can reach out to strangers, but you're also putting yourself out there and potentially risking your own self-confidence if, you, if it doesn't go over well. There are a lot of other people in this building that want nothing to do with either of us, and if we start talking to them, they're going to be completely disoriented, and their day is going to be ruined. Uh, Plus, 
I was also pointing at my wedding ring, so she knew I wasn't trying to hit on her. But I, I think, <laughs> like, I think she took that. I was huh? whistling and pointing at my fingers. La, 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 la. I, I, think, I think she uh, definitely did not handle that very well. But I also don't think that the bosses would really appreciate this because it's not probably great for productivity. You're walking around trying to make friends and talk to strangers and go out to coffee with people when you probably should be at your desk working. All right. Number two, making your mood contagious. Never underestimate your ability to affect someone else's mood and positively influence them. This social reality is true for face-to-face communication. So even if you are being rejected by a stranger, don't let it ruin your day. Just go about the office. You know, if you think about those people that are like, happy Monday. Oh, it's hump day. Oh, it's almost Friday. Like those people are annoying, but they are very happy at work. And those are the people that are trying to have their mood permeate throughout the office with their weird homemade cupcakes and crap like that. Yeah, they seem blissfully ignorant to how they are perceived by others. But then again, like you said, they always do seem happy. I assume when they get in their car, they just punch their steering wheel for 45 minutes and go, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But, or they listen to like self-confidence meditations to try and keep afloat because they're bursting at the seams. But the reality of it is, and every office has a few people like this, or at least one that you could think of, they do always seem like they're in a great, jolly mood, and they are, even even though everyone else is upset and like, ugh, Monday stinks, they're like, happy Monday, and you're like, is this person genuinely this happy? What medication are they on? Maybe they're just happy people. That's also a, yeah. a, something I didn't think about. Or they're more miserable than all of us, which is why they read these articles and then go into the workplace trying to permeate the office space with their happy mood. It's possible. All right. Number three, building relationships with your colleagues. So this just goes beyond, you know, talking to strangers. This is actually regularly hanging out with your colleagues, going out to lunch, going out for happy hour drinks. Investing in building relationships with your colleagues makes a big difference. Another study found that one of the primary drivers of happiness at work is satisfaction with your coworkers. So if you hate your coworkers in general and you never want to see them outside of the workplace, that's probably majorly influencing why you don't want to be there. Well, like we learned earlier today in the testimony, uh, Cohen started out just doing a few favors for Trump, and then, lo and behold, he started hanging out there all the time, and then they became right. uh, friendly with each other. For he's like, a- yeah, I like that tie. And he's like, you lie for me. I like you. <laughs> Speaking of ties, can you go ahead and write this check to this porn star <laughs> I slept with? Thank you very much. What are friends for? Uh, it, it's interesting. That is a relationship that definitely jumped from strictly um, a business relationship to a personal relationship, and uh, and then now back to a um, fractured relationship. Yep, yep, yep. Now they're smearing each other on Twitter, which is the way friendships always end. That really is true. You think about it. That's that's how most of my good relationships have ended, too. Yeah. You know, I, I just think with workplace stuff, I, I, I am not of the mindset that I want to hang out here all the time. And maybe that makes me a bad person or a, or a pessimistic person. It's not that I don't enjoy the people that I work with, but I want to work when I'm working and then go home and be leisurely when I'm not working. I don't want to mesh the two together. I just feel like they should be separated. The argument has always been that you spend so much of your time, like a huge majority of your life at work, that when you're not at work and doing your job, then you should almost force yourself to be around family or outside friends because if not, you end up living in this kind of environment, right, that is almost like this... uh, powder keg of just your work people, even if you do like them, it it becomes a situation where you almost need to force yourself 
to go back to doing things with other people or else those relationships I feel like will fall apart. Right. Like you can't go home and be like, oh, anyway, I didn't have lunch. I didn't have dinner with my family because I was trying to build my work relationships so I can be happier at work. And they're like, well, now you're not happy at home because you're not spending any time with your family. My dad's theory, which is really depressing if you think about it, but what he always would say is when everyone is equally upset with you, that means you're spreading out your time properly. That was... (laughs) That was kind of his philosophy. Like, that's, that's your dad. That was his quote. Like he would say, like when 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 your mom, he would tell me, he's like when your mom, when your when your mom thinks I'm at work too much, when work thinks I'm at home too much, when the kids feel like I'm missing just enough of their activities, then I, he's like, then I probably have it exactly right. Yeah, the scales balance. But I guess I understand what he's saying. It's a it's a pessimistic way to say it, but I get the point he's making. All right, finally, number four, prioritizing people. These are all just the same. It's it's just people, I guess. People are the answer. Investing in getting to know others, building relationships requires. Making people a priority, not your work, and spending time with others. Recent findings demonstrated that regardless of extroversion or demographic characteristics, those who tended to value time more than money also spent more time socializing and investing in relationships, you know, meeting up at the water cooler, etc. Speaking of demographics, let's take a listen to a beautiful car trip that happened between Michael Cohen and <laughs> President Donald Trump through the streets of Chicago, as discussed earlier today. I think this <laughs> On is... On one of their friendship runs. Uh, I, think this I is... am ashamed that I chose to take part in concealing Mr. Trump's illicit acts rather than listening to my own conscience. I am ashamed because I know what Mr. Trump is. He is a racist. A party clown. (laughs) He is a con man. And a great magician. (laughs) Ta-da! And he is a cheat. Oh, okay. Okay, got it, got it, got it. See, this is why you don't have water cooler conversations. This is why you just do your work and go home. That's right. Then there's no testimony involved. And I also think that it's not about people. It's about putting fun things around the the office that make you feel like you're not at work and you're at a toy store. Like if you go to anybody's, like a a big boss's desk or whatever, and if there's nothing on it, you're like, oh, this is sad. But if there's like, silly putty, you're like, wow, this isn't a workplace. This is... Toys are us. I mean, you're a grown-ass woman in your 30s. You shouldn't get that excited about silly putty. But I do I do agree. Ping-pong tables, putting greens, foosball. Yes, anything and, fun. And booze. Those are the ways to make your office more fun. And, of course, more yoga cat calendars. As exactly. We've it's we'll, not about people. We'll it's be, about things. We'll be back in a moment. Uh, that's Ali's quote. I will put that on her tombstone <laughs> when she dies. It's not about people. It's about things. We'll be back after this for the uh, News It and Lose It. The Lose It portion, where we break down some headlines that are happening in the world, figure out what we'll talk about. I have a feeling... We're going to talk about testimony. We'll figure that out next right here on the all-new Channel Q. This is Channel Q. The all-new Channel Q is in your ear holes, and thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Everyone who's listening, of course, our old friends, Northern California, but also the new cities that are checking us out as well, including Chicago, New York, soon to be Miami, Florida, and uh, Boston as well. It's good to have you all with us as we talk about a variety of things going on in the world and in our lives and, uh, of course, in front of the Congress as well. Oh, there's so many fun things to get into, but right now we have to decide how the next hour will begin when we give you the possible options in the next edition of News It or Lose It. Presents News It or Lose It. All right, number one. The chicken is local, but was it happy? New tech tells the life story of your poultry. Huh. I know that a lot of hipsters are into this sort of thing. People love to find out if their Jadori chicken was uh, in a cage or living on a farm. 
I I don't know. I don't care if we cover this or not. It's definitely not the top <laughs> trending story of the day. I'm going to say lose it. Okay, all right. Baby beats half a million others to represent Gerber. <laughs> that is a strong baby. <sighs> Man, I wish I'd known about this. I have a bit. I got to start profiting off my kid. I don't know how to do this yet. I don't know if the baby really gets that much money though. Uh, if you're the face, well, I know last year Gerber made a, a baby with Down syndrome the face yeah. of their product. Um, which I thought was a very forward-thinking move, but also I felt it was, uh, you know, there was a bit of a sellout move, really. Uh, I'm going to pass on that as okay. well. I don't All need right. baby talk at work. I get, it, I get it at home plenty. Here's an interesting one. Man in viral photo buying $540 worth of Girl Scout cookies arrested on drug dealing charges. Uh, 100%. <laughs> let's break that down. I'm let's... even going to tell you Dietrich, also known as Fat, is one of several suspects in an ongoing drug well, if there's a guy with the nickname Fat, I bet you Girl Scout cookies are definitely involved. Let's uh, let's definitely news it. Uh, all right, and then we'll just do some Michael Cohen stuff. I don't have a specific headline for you. All right, we got some uh, Michael Trump is Cohen. A racist. We will break down all that was discussed, uh, hours and hours of testimony. We will cover some of that when we get into news it or lose it next, right here on the all new Channel Q. This is Channel Q. Hey, and how you doing? It's the all-new Channel Q. I'm Kevin, that's Allie, and you are with us, a show that still has no name, but suggestions continuing to pour through on the socials. Uh, someone said two hours that I'll never get back. That's an interesting oh. interesting name for a show. Also a bit of an insult there, but we appreciate it. Someone else said, uh, let's call it what it truly is, Allie trying to spread her gay agenda all over straight Kevin. Well, it's a little long, but I like it. Yeah, maybe we could do an acronym for that, and maybe it spells something. I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, but regardless, thank you for continuing to uh, give us your ideas. We will pick a name eventually. We've got to run it up the uh, flagpole, which is really just a code word for saying we've got to go bring it to our panel of lawyers as well. And I hope that our lawyers get called out in front of a in front of Congress and a grand jury, uh, just like uh, what is going on today, mm. because I would like to find out if they've got some skeletons in their closet that we can exploit them and maybe get the power back, get our name back. What yeah. do you say? Do we have a cleaner here? Uh, no, we don't. Have, uh, we don't have a fixer. We do have a cleaner here, technically, but they clearly don't go into the men's room because that room looks like it has not been cleaned in years. But regardless, yeah. uh, it's time for news or lose it. We just uh, got rid of some headlines a few moments ago, but now it's time for us to talk about actual things going on in the world so that we can at least pretend that this is an educational program, if only temporarily. Presents news it or lose it. All right, so you remember that heartwarming story that made headlines. I believe it was last week. These two, I mean, Girl Scout cookies are being sold right now. Everyone's buying them. And, you know, every single year it seems that these these girls have to work harder and harder to sell cookies because it's just, I mean, it's very competitive out there. Like, people are slapping Jason Momoa's face on Samoa's and they're trying to just upsell as much as they can. Then there were these two Girl Scouts who were outside in the freezing cold trying to sell their cookies. And this guy, it was a viral photo because he actually paid... $540 in cash and bought 120 boxes of Girl Scout cookies just to get them out of the cold. It was so heartwarming, right? Well, now that guy... Just to get the cookies out of the cold? Just to get, Yeah. These cookies shouldn't be freezing, and well, then he pushed the girl he, into the he, snow. He's an idiot then, because uh, everyone knows thin mints are better when they're frozen. So, that is true. Uh, he, they were just doing their job, selling, making the cookies even tastier. So this man's name was Dietrich Lee McGowan, but then they later found out that his nickname was Fat and that he is a suspect in an ongoing drug investigation. So this hmm. nice, lovely picture of him with these two little girls helping them get out of the cold on a, on a, on a winter's night has now been arrested 
arrested for charges including conspiracy to distribute fentanyl and cocaine. Oh. So basically, he did help these little girls, but he helped them with drug money. Let me say that uh, fentanyl and cocaine is my favorite new flavor of Girl Scout cookie. <laughs> uh, it's not getting as much love as the Ra Ra raisins, but I think it's good. And uh, soon, soon enough, well, they just got to put more pictures Fafa of kids, fentanyl? kids using the rope swing on the uh, on the box, and then I'm into it. But uh, this guy, I do remember, was you know, it was one of those like unnecessary stories. But it's ever it, like the world has got so much uh, negativity these days. It's nice to have something to make you smile at least temporarily. And this was a feel good story. It's like, oh, the guy just said, "Hey, I'll buy the rest of them. I'll take." Because there is a lot of guilt. We're going to talk about guilt coming up a little bit later this hour as it, it pertains to tipping, especially when you're getting coffee or buying something at a place that's got one of those touch screens where everyone can see exactly what it is you're doing. But I am guilted every time I walk by a Girl Scout stand, and they are all over the place now, that I, I won't buy. They're like, come on, you can buy one. It's almost like they're like, do you not have $5 to your name? Right, you're being shamed. Like they you're can being cookie shamed. They can tell by looking at my body I'm not afraid of cookies like they, they i look like I, i'm especially never, if you go into the grocery store and come out with different cookies yeah like i'm never <laughs> i'm never walking by them holding a yoga mat in like uh <laughs> like it's never on my way to a gym where they go maybe this guy's just not a cookie guy like everything about me says cookie. i have crumbs on my face as we speak <laughs> from probably cookies like you are one of their prime targets yeah they see me and they go this guy is seems like he's bad with money uh, probably eats a lot of cookies um maybe doesn't have dinner plans tonight like they, they look at me and i'm I would imagine when they have their little slideshow before they sell, there's probably a picture yeah. of a guy that looks like me or me as like, this is your go-to yeah. guy. And the camp leaders are like, this man, all but, right? Go uh, to people who look like this. And to be honest, I do love uh, Thin Mints and, and Samoas. I heard you, Allie, on Friday, I think you were saying, who eats Samoas? They're the least popular cookie. Yeah, they suck. You're an idiot. I think you're confusing those with trefoils or something. Samoas Samoas are, are those weird ones with like oats in them. No, it's co- the the coconut with chocolate. It's like the top coconut s- sucks in First desserts. All, you, you suck, and let me just tell you right now: if it wasn't for coconuts, there'd be no episodes of Gilligan's Island. And <laughs> the coconut Samoa cookie, I think, is the most popular. You made a statement. I'm I'm all about us making bold statements that anger people on these airwaves. But that was one of the that was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard you say. Who uh, even eats the Samoa? I think it is the number one most popular Girl Scout cookie, like 40 years in a row. Okay, well, Thin Mints is the best one. It's not Samoa's. And the, obviously, this little Girl Scout agreed with me because she wanted to put Jason Momoa's face on them to get people to buy them more. No. Obviously, they were in a sales slump because people are realizing coconut and chocolate. Everyone knows that in a, in a box of assorted chocolates... You don't want the coconut one because coconut mixed with chocolate is not a great combo. Well, you're, let's agree that you're wrong. Peppermint first of and all. chocolate, great. No. I don't like raspberry and chocolate. I don't you, like you're fruit wrong. things. It doesn't matter. With chocolate. You're, you're wrong, and that's an anti-gay comment you just made. You don't like fruit things, okay? <laughs> also, I should point out. But at, chocolate and cocaine go great together. And fentanyl. At the at the <laughs> risk of uh, at the risk of angering you even even further, I should point out, Allie, that. If I were to be a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout or sell cookies and I were to put Emily Rajaskowski on the box to try to uh, build the sex appeal and call them Emily Ra Ra Rays and Jakowskis or whatever, <laughs> I, people would say that I was like a dirty pervert and I was using um, you know sex to sell cookies. Mm-hmm. But because these girls did it with um, um, whatever, Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa it, right, it became a feel-good story. It's because anything with Girl Scout cookie right now is, is clickbait, which is why we're even talking about it. But that is not the biggest news story of the day. Oh, no. No. It's a, it's a different cookie that is crumbling as we speak. Exactly, yes. Michael Cohen gave testimony all morning long, and uh, there is a lot of fallout that is going to ensue in the, in the coming weeks. But basically... 
the, the nuts and bolts are it, of it are as follows. <laughs> nuts and bolts are it. Uh, Michael Cohen said that he directed his uh, uh, that Trump directed his nonprofit to repay a fake auction bidder. He said that he definitely knew about the Moscow Tower project, that he knew of and directed the Moscow real estate project. He lied about all of this stuff because he never thought he was going to win the primary. He never expected to win the presidency. And then when he did, he was like, oh, crap, what am I going to do now? Uh, And uh, Trump has also he said that he has become the worst version of himself as president, that he is capable of being nice, but he is not doing so now. Uh, and he said that the, being president would make his brand great, but not his country great. And that running for president was just going to be the best infomercial for his brand that anyone has ever seen. This was one of my favorite clips of the testimony. Let's take a listen here on Channel Q. Mr. Cohen, you called Donald Trump a cheat in your opening testimony. Uh, what would you call yourself? A fool. Oh. <laughs> you calling... Okay. And what do you see in this ink blot? Okay. <laughs> uh, I see a frog. Stormy Daniels with big boobs. Uh, <laughs> That's not an ink plot at all. That's my old. Uh, it's my old Jugs magazine. <laughs> I think with all these celebrities going to prison now, there should be a whole celebrity wing. It just uh, seems like now you're going to be going into a prison system and being like, "Oh my God, the, it's Bill Cosby it, it, and Michael Cohen." It's like I saw someone say the other day: the only way they're going to get a TV show now is if they start murdering people, because <laughs> uh, then they'll get at least greenlit on Netflix. And on the flip side, uh, the idea. That what used to be the the concept was let's get a bunch of celebrities, put them in a house, Big Brother or whatever, or it's real life. All you got to do now is just throw some throw some GoPros up in a prison, and you could have yourself a fascinating uh, look at surreal life behind yep. bars. They would never or scared straight with celebrities. They and should do scared straight with celebrities. That I mean, celebrity intervention that was a huge hit, and now they have to do this. R. Kelly will be in it. I'm sure it's just going to be celebrity ridden weirdness. Um, there is uh, a lot of stuff that was discussed, of course, in front of uh, Congress today. A lot of testimony. A lot of it was just really funny to me. A couple of things. You, you brought up the painting. That story is a crazy story for so many reasons because it gives you an idea of it gives you an idea of the type of person. I, this is not even a political statement, but just the t- the type of person that is so self important. Which I think just being anyone who says to themselves, "I think I should be president of the United States," Trump or otherwise, you, you've got to feel pretty self important to think that not only should you have the most powerful job in the free world, but that you you could do it and could do a good job at it. I mean, you've got to have a level of confidence that I don't I ran for a president of my senior class and I even knew during that campaign, I was like, I'm not the right guy for this job. <laughs> and then, but like, but you but, went with it. But it, like to Trump, the people's face, you have to be like, I'm the person for the job. Look, and I got elected and I was shocked as well. And I was like, oh crap. Now Are they're you gonna comparing find yourself to Donald Trump? In many ways. But, uh, but the story of the painting, for those of you that did not hear this part of the testimony was really fascinating because he, there was an auction and there was a picture of Trump and he wanted to make sure it went for the most amount of money right. above other art, art pieces of art that were perhaps about um, subjects way more interesting or more historically important potentially or significant than than Trump. So he sent in a, a fake bidder to bid 67000 whatever the price was. Right. And I think what, he stole the money or took the money from a charity to pay for it and yes. then he kept the painting. To make it seem like somebody else bought it and then he kept it and put it on his wall in his house oh, or something. Oh, that's great. So, it's, it's such a funny story. It is a really fun... And some of this stuff, it's like kind of doesn't matter 
I mean, it's, no, it's and, not like that's going to get him impeached or anything, but right. it's still really fun to talk about. Also, the the my favorite part was that he went through all of these lengths to pay off teachers and threaten schools to not release his grades because they were so bad. I would love for both of us to release our grades for everyone to see. Well, I'd have just to, take to show it, we have nothing to hide. I'd have to take it off my parents' refrigerator because they're still so <laughs> proud of it, still, still hanging up there. <laughs> okay, are there a lot of what? What? What is the most common letter you'd say? Um, hmm. What was the girl I told you about earlier? Dee Dee. <laughs> that was actually also my report card. Is Dee Dee. Uh, I just think to go through the lengths of being like, I don't want anybody to know. I mean, to say I'm one of the smartest people in the world, I could run for president. Like right. you said, it takes a lot of confidence. But then to go through the lengths of making sure that no one ever reveals what your actual grades are. And I don't think having... And that understanding America you failed in. I don't think having grades, good grades, good SAT scores necessarily means you're you're a certain type of smart. I mean, I have, a fr- I have friends that could get an A on any test right now without studying. And that, that's definitely a level of smart. But if I left them by themselves, you know, without a cell phone for 15 minutes, I feel like they would give up and, and like cur- curl into Just a ball homeless. and start crying. <laughs> like they wouldn't be able to figure. So I think there are different types of smarts. However, I will let you know, and I will admit this for the first time publicly anywhere on the SATs. You want to guess what I got? Oh, wow. Uh... I'm not afraid to admit this. I took them three times. I will also mention that. I actually that. also did not do well on my SATs. Even I didn't though I say, got great. I didn't say I didn't do well. Oh, okay. For all you know, I got a 1600. You did not get a 1600. Well, that is a fair statement. That yeah. is accurate. You got, I'm going to say 960. You think out of 1600, I got a 960? That is so insulting. What? Out of a 1600 possible score, you think I got a, you think I got almost half? You think <laughs> That's I got. That's not right. Well, my math. <laughs> My math score was not great. <laughs> that would be 800, you dummy. Regardless, I'll tell you right now what I got. I got a 1520. You did not. Yeah, 700 verbal and 300 math. That's 1,000. Well, okay. So, whatever, my math <laughs> do is Do each his own? Do you no, want me to do word association uh, on you like uh, Michael Cohen? Uh, fool is the word. No, I got a, <laughs> What I got, do you feel like now? I got a 1270. That was my score. 1270. Really? Yeah, that, 100%. That was my score. I, t- I took them three times. The first time they didn't Did you go- take classes? Because I took classes uh, on trying to get better. Yes. I think I, the first time I took it, I got like a 1070, and then I ended up with 1340 or something. They, You got a 1340? Yeah. On your SATs? Yeah. BS. Yes. Show me that. Where's that? You have proof? That no. 1340 means you could you should have gone to Harvard. You no. should have gone to some dumb school no, in New York. No, that's not true. You got like 1200 something, you said. Yeah, I got a 1270. I thought that was a good score. Yeah, what? I, I got, what, 60, 70 no, more points th- than you, and th- I'm a Harvard 1340 person? 1340 means you should not have been in musical theater. That means no, I could- shouldn't have been in musical theater. <laughs> okay, well, you should I was been. a very smart student. Regardless, here's what we can take from all of this. And if you are that waking up late- We took the wrong path. <laughs> we clearly did not apply ourselves. And, uh, and uh, in case you're wondering, uh, here is, once again, this is the stimulating Michael Cohen swearing- from today's live uh, uh, show. Swear or firm that the testimony that you are about to give is the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Let the record show that the witness answered in the affirmative. Also, thank you, and you may be great. seated. Well, that was the swearing in, not the swearing as it was labeled I think here. everyone needed a big sip of water before this whole testimony. Yeah. Yeah, everyone a, seems really parched. Everyone seems incredibly thirsty <laughs> and like their bladders are about to explode at the same time. <laughs> right. uh, uh, this has been News It or Lose It. I don't know what we learned, but we'll be back in a moment. And uh, we'll talk about guilt 
tipping. That's right. You've heard about guilt tripping. Well, guilt tipping is the new thing. It's been happening. Perhaps you've experienced it. And we'll get into that next right here on the all new Channel Q. Channel Q. All right, it's the all-new Channel Q. We're going to take a break from our in-depth coverage of all things Michael Cohen testimony. I'm sure that you can find out everything you need to uh, while listening to this. Uh, if you need a break, well, why don't you go ahead and take one with us? If not, we'll just guilt you into it. Guilt has been around for a long time. Uh, guilt is probably the number one driver of uh, my relationship with my mother. Uh, it's probably the number one reason that I do a variety of different things because I would feel bad if I didn't. I think that guilt is what makes mothers thrive. Oh, mothers All definitely around. thrive on guilt. That is their superpower. That and being able to uh, cut sandwiches perfectly in a triangle <laughs> or a rectangle. Yeah. It's really genius. And then but, I'm going to sweep and tell everyone I swept. But uh, that's sexist, Allie. That's genderist or whatever the word is. <laughs> uh, but nowadays, when you go to buy anything, it's very rare you give someone cash. I mean, the guilt, the tip jar guilt thing has been around for a while. I mean, that was a Seinfeld episode where George put money in, but they didn't see him put the money in, so he didn't get the credit. So he reached in to get the money so we could put it in again. Mm-hmm. I've done a similar situation before I was at, I don't want you to think I go to other people's theater productions since I try to avoid yours, uh, but I did what? get I did get guilted into, once again, guilt. I got guilted into going to a theater production and out, on the way out, they they had like a little snack bar and I needed Doritos because I was really high. It was the only thing that got me through the theater production. What and, show did you uh, see? It was, uh, it was really bad. I, I, it was like a local theater thing. Are you sure it was my show? Um, no, it wasn't yours. It was a different bad show. Okay. But uh, anyway, long story short, after the woman, I gave her a five for my 50 cent bag of Doritos. And when she gave me the change, she said, do you want the change or do you want us to put it here towards this uh, theater fund to keep keep the, the lights on? And I said, no, no, I'd like my change. They I'll, always say that it's to keep the lights on. Like I'll, the lights are so damn expensive. Right. Uh, and I to keep the spotlights on. I, in my head, I go, this is 30 bags of Doritos. You asked me if I want to donate yeah. 30 bags of Doritos. Forget that. You but, could have gotten a whole giant family size bag i felt guilty about it so then later i went and i was going to put in um some money at that point though because i'd given all my small bills to friends to buy snacks i only had a 20 so i put the 20 in and took out what i thought was going to be 15 dollars and change and someone saw that the point is that led to too many problems so they fixed the system by putting those dumb screens everywhere where you give them your card, swipe, and then they flip the screen around, and your options are 15%, 20%, 25%. Or custom tip, or which custom is my tip. favorite. <laughs> what, do you do, what do you do for custom tip? I do custom tip, and then I put in less... Okay, well, hold on. Let, let's, let's start with when you're using this. So if you walk into a coffee shop, for example, I don't think that anybody should need to tip for one cup of coffee. I just think that it's ridiculous. And if you walk into like a... a a chain like a coffee chain like a starbucks for example you don't have to tip they're there to say okay thank you and they hand you your coffee and you move on with your day but all of these artisanal smaller coffee shops they all use square with the ipads and that's what screws everybody over because that's the guilt tipping system is that you flip the screen over and it even sometimes there's a little translation it'll say how is the service and there's a little like half smiley face and it's like meh and then there's like a smiley face and it was like it was great and that's when you're supposed to tip 20 percent and then there's like 25 even seen 25 or 30 percent ones because you can customize these now or you can do a custom tip i think that it's ridiculous to tip 25 to 30 percent on a cup of coffee right 
Well. But and I'm not going to be swayed just because there's a screen with a couple of smiley faces showing me how my service was supposed to be. And I'm going to feel like an a-hole for just doing custom tip. Oh, maybe I'll just round up and give you an extra 25 cents. I'm not a douche for doing that. I just don't think that I should be tipping for that just for someone filling, literally filling a cup with coffee in it. Psychologically, it's the same concept that casinos use with chips. You don't realize, because you're just touching a screen, you don't think, even if you're tipping an extra dollar, which doesn't seem like a lot of money, it's potentially... 25 or 30 percent of what your purchase was so percentage wise that's an awful lot right mm-hmm. for for what for what potential for what they did and, and maybe you're one of these a-holes that has a bunch of substitutions and you need this in a special cup and you want almond milk and you want it to be stirred and you want them to add like one and a half split if you go through all that if it's complicated i then can yeah. understand that but your argument is it shouldn't just be expected as part of the transaction, right? It shouldn't be expected just based on the fact that there's a tablet there in front of you with smiley faces on it. If you were on the other side of the counter, though, and I know that you applied for a few barista jobs that you didn't get, I should I point that one, out. Oh, you got one, and then I broke my arm, and I had to make everything with one hand. Well, see, that that's tip-worthy. If I had a one-handed barista, I'm tipping 25% minimum. Yeah, but I didn't get barely any tips, well, and that was because a... there was no iPad system, and I wasn't all bitter and mean about well, it. Well, it's because you have a bad disposition in general, I think, <laughs> but also maybe the coffee was bad. Didn't you, weren't you also a really bad bartender for a while? I was a bad bartender for a while, yes, because I convinced a friend to recommend me for the position, right. even though I had no experience. So yeah. I, when someone said, I'll have a Long Island, I literally had to look on my phone on how to make a Long Island, and then the woman started coughing when I gave it to her. Allie just gave her a Diet Coke with an eyelash and some uh, lipstick in the cup. <laughs> Thought it was a Long Island. And she's not wrong, but it was not what they wanted. No. So- but the same is for like a sandwich shop. That's another one that I feel like I shouldn't always have to tip. If you go to, I got shown a, an iPad with smiley faces on it and tip amounts at like a grocery store sandwich place. Right. And if I'm going to a very fancy sandwich place and they're making me a nice sandwich, the sandwich artist is doing their best work. Yeah, maybe I'll give a little tip. But at a grocery store, I don't think that that's. That's not like exemplary to the point where I need to be tipping for that. And they're not bringing it to me. They are just making it in front of me and saying, do you want lettuce? Do you want pickles? Do you want mayonnaise? Well, tip stands for, I believe, to... I think it stands for something about promptness, right? To ensure promptness, I believe, is what it stands for. Oh. So... Well, then no grocery store sandwich person should ever get a tip. Because they take forever. But I think that as a society, we've shifted it now to... We live in this kind of panhandling society in general, right? Where everyone's asking for money for their butch pal for the straight gal project. Okay, or, that's not tips. That's contributions and investing in a project. They're but, all, it doesn't matter. It's all just, everyone's got their hands out for something. You're getting and, a t-shirt out of it. Uh, well, I have still gave you money. I still haven't gotten a t-shirt. I, I haven't made the t-shirts save yet. It. I don't I'm want focused it. focused on casting. The point is, when you go places and they put that screen in front of you and it's big and it's bright and you've got people behind you in line looking at what you're doing, you've got the person who's kind of going to look down as you do it, it, it becomes very, it, there's a guilt. I would say 80% of all tips that get left now are left because the people feel not that they want to do it, but because they feel like if they don't do it, that they are being cheap or going to be judged. And I think that people are just, and I did it. Even this morning before we came in here, I had horrible service. I waited 45 minutes for like an iced coffee. And then yeah, still- Yeah, then no tip is deserved. And still I was like, 
Well, you're part of the problem then. Well, you're right. I'm part of the problem. That's what they tell me every time we have a meeting about this <laughs> show. It says, uh, it, research from some software advice whatever thing said 41% of people are more likely to increase their tip just because of the awkward proximity that you are in front of the person you are tipping to towards you know, so like because you're standing in front of the barista as you are t- typing you know no tip on the iPad that's that guilt and that awkwardness is what is making you tip more I'll tell you what I love this is the only tip worthy move out there a couple times lately I go to a place they swipe the card and then the person behind the register flips it back over and goes, skip, skip, skip. Do you want a receipt? Like they, yes. they actually take that power away from me to leave the tip. And that's the only thing that has made me want to go, here's a dollar. Thank you for doing that. That was really cool because they just, they, they even know, I think it's gotten to a point now. But then again, if you add it up at the end of the year, it was the same time when the airline started adding baggage fees and people were bitching about it. This is nonsense. And then we've all just accepted it. You're going to go somewhere. You got to pay $25 and check a bag. They, they add it up at the end of the year. They go, oh, the airlines brought in an extra $4 billion last year on baggage fees. It's a crazy number. And I would imagine- I had 16 extra layers on my body, so I didn't have to actually check a bag. Well, those a lot of those layers were your own skin and blubber. But, oh, damn it. But anyway- But it, it's funny that you say the no tip thing, because if they skip through, then you're more likely to tip. Because another stat says, presenting a customer with a no tip option actually makes it 29% more likely that the customer will tip. Yes. I, I've been to a, a place where they add on- some places are doing this now. They're like, we've added on a 4% something or other so that the uh, San Francisco did this a lot. Yeah, for Russ, because they so that, give so, them health insurance. Right, so they could give their you know, employees a living wage or whatever. And then sometimes it would, there would be no place to tip. And I'd be like, hey, I want to leave a tip. And they're like, oh, you don't have, they would actually try to talk me out of it. Oh, no, that's okay. You don't have to do that. And yeah, then so I was like, well, hmm. and then I would like reach in and actually leave a five on the table or something. What like, is wrong with you? Well, because I felt like I was like, I felt like they were judging, they were testing me or something. I want to pass the test. <laughs> no. So you think you're basically just treating every person who's serving you like your mother. Yeah, that's right. I'm you're afraid. You're trying to impress her. I'm afraid if I do something wrong, she's going to get the video. She's like, why didn't she tip here? <laughs> anyway, uh, guilt tipping, that's a real thing. You know what we're talking about. Uh, we uh, I don't think we've solved any problems today. Do you have a solution for this, Allie, or no? I mean, I, should we well, just do it? Because I'll tell you what, here's a, when I used to live in New York City, this is the way it worked. If you lived in a building and there was a, a doorman there, you didn't have to tip the guy every time he opened the door or every time he helped you with stuff or got you a package. But every year around the holidays, and this is kind of the way the world is now, you just you give like a year's worth of tips to the door people, the garbage. I mean, this is kind of how we are, you know, even wherever you live, right? Maybe at the end of the year, you just go to whatever coffee place you frequent the most and you just say, here's 20 bucks. Thanks for everything well, I'm this never going to live in a place for that long. Or you give them a Starbucks card. That's... <laughs> That's the ultimate tip. <laughs> Here you go, Pete's coffee worker. <laughs> uh, well, well you- I think that Square should just come up with a no tipping feature. That's the solution. Square is ruining everything. Or maybe you have a, a chip that we can wear or have on ourselves or, or even on your credit card where you can set it up ahead of time to let people know if you're a tipping type of person or not. And then as a result, when you put it in, that option yeah. won't even be there. So you don't know. You say, oh, it's, it's part not, of the chip. Not me. It's the chip's fault. Chip's, it's the no chip tip. The, uh, it's the chip is cheap. Not me. <laughs> be back in a moment. This is the all new Channel Q. Channel Q. 
It is the all-new Channel Q, a show that has no name, but that will change soon enough, especially if you continue to send your suggestions to us on the socials at We Are Channel Q, the phone 833-77-CALL-Q. Welcome again to new cities that are discovering us for the very first time. And, uh, and of course, I don't want to snub any cities uh, that have been, you know, have had access to Channel Q for a month or two now because there's still people finding us for the very first time in, like, let's say, Palm Springs, whatever, but a very special welcome to uh, Chicago and Boston, ears in New York and uh, Miami as well. It's great to have everyone on board and uh, finding us on the radio.com app. You can check us out, give us a favorite, spread the word, a station giving everyone a voice. Uh, on this particular show, you get a, a gay lady right there, a straight man right here, and also the voice of a... Um, disbarred lawyer right here let's take a listen all right oh, this is a big this is a, the voice everyone's been hearing all day today i am ashamed that i chose to take part in concealing mr trump's illicit acts rather than listening to my own conscience i am ashamed because i know what mr trump is he is a racist he is a con man and he is a cheat you know what's even worse is that for Republicans who are actually big fans of his, the part where he said that, oh yeah, he definitely said that um, John McCain was not a hero. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh no, all the Republicans are like, he said what? <laughs> They're like so mad. Yeah, it, it is uh, funny. Most of the something for everyone in there. Most of the voices that I would uh, hear today, <laughs> and I'm not as uh, listen, we are not the political show on the station for, and we're not really the breaking news show on the station. I, in fact, I'm not even sure why we're here, but. Those are things that I, I would say Ali and I both agree we do not do our best at. Mm. I did notice that a lot of the voice, I know you do a lot of voiceover work, Ali. You've been the voice of cartoons I, before. I do, yes. Right. You don't have to do your, please don't do those now. I could oh, do a few options for you if you no, want to. Not why. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> why did I bring this up? I How did, old do you want me to be? I, Five? I'd like you to be old enough to be <laughs> no longer here. How old is that? Um, but I did notice that a lot of the voices of the people, especially as I was listening and I started watching it on TV and then I was listening to part of it, they all have very, I could see them all being like Warner Brothers characters. Totally. There's so many of them were like, well, I'll tell you, Mr. Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> now, hold on a minute. Are you telling me? I, I said, are you telling me? Yeah, it was a fantastic, uh, just some great VO work. If those guys aren't making enough money in Congress, uh, look into some VO stuff because, boy, I love those voices. Yeah. All right, it's time for the AMA. This is where Ali and I get to ask each other a question or multiple questions. Sometimes they come through on the Twitter at uh, We Are Channel Q or NTC Show. And Ali gets to answer the question on behalf of everyone in the lesbian community. I get to answer the uh, a different question, sometimes the same question on behalf of everyone in the straight community. Usually all we end up doing is angering everyone in our own community, but our goal here is to prove that maybe we're not that different, not that different at all, and uh, maybe we can all start getting along. And even if that begins again right here on Channel Q, hey, at least it's a start. Hey, maybe people in the in this testimony today should have done a nice little gay MA. Maybe it would have cleared the air, queered the air, so to speak. All right. I will go first. Kevin. Yes. As a straight man, if you are going out for a big date night or for a very formal event, say there's going to be a lot of pictures there, you want to make a good impression, you want to look your best, how long does it take you to get ready and what do you do exactly? Okay, uh, I was bragging the other day to my wife that I can go from laying on the couch watching a TV show to being ready to go out in less than three minutes. <laughs> And she said to me, that's nothing I should brag about. She said, you know, you really should take more, uh, pay more attention to your physical appearance. And, and maybe instead of being excited that you can quickly put on pants and a shirt that sometimes go, 
you you shouldn't look at that like that's because you know my whole argument with her is she spends like an hour and a half getting ready and yeah then which change, I could never do as a lesbian her, I just uh, that's way too long you know, she changes her outfit fourteen times and then this and then she'll ask me my opinion but she doesn't like my opinion so she'll tend to picture to one of her gay friends and get their opinion on it and they'll say you know you need to buy a new something or other next thing I know she's ordered something I usually in if I'm showering which is rare. But if I'm showering, I mean, I shower regularly, but if I'm showering to go out, you know, I would say it adds five minutes to the process. Yeah, and you don't wash your feet, so that, Never. that takes an Nothing, extra couple minutes The off. genitals are as low as I go, in general. <laughs> and that's uh, a lot of that is because gravity and soap does the, does the work for me. No. Yes. No, it doesn't. Well, smell my feet right now no, and tell me. I don't want to. All right. The answer to your question is from, from getting ready, I probably average five minutes. Even if you are going out, like if I have to put on a suit, you have to put on a suit. Okay, if I have to put on a suit, add another three minutes because of the tying of the tie. But (laughs) a lot of times, I'll keep the ties pre-tied in the closet and just have to tighten them and loosen them. Okay, so you are able to. You don't even have to press your suit or anything. It's all ready to go. You just Mm. put it on, and you. I mean, do you do anything to your hair? More often, I've seen you put water in your hair. Yeah, I put water in my hair, and (laughs) sometimes I'll put in some gel or pomade. But but like, uh, I don't spend as much time getting ready as I should. And I, I think that if I did spend five more minutes, bumped it up to 10 minutes of getting ready time, I could probably be like a lot more presentable. On the flip side, when I do shave, and, and now I shave maybe once a week, like my face, I'll maybe shave my body once every other week. You shave your whole body? Somet- if I've, when I catch a glimpse of myself sometimes and I go like, oh God, or like if my kid makes a comment, they're too honest at this age. So if my daughter's like... Daddy, you look you look itchy or something. I'll, I'll like, or she like howls at me like I'm a wolf from one of her books. <laughs> I will like take if I just if I decide it's time for me to like, and usually about once a month I'll be like, I need to do a full from head to toe full on groom. That could take hours. Really? That could take me hours. Yeah. Wow. Okay, but you do? Do you shave your leg? You don't no, groom no, your no. legs? No, not my legs. This is just mainly manscaping yeah, in your back, chest and whatnot. Back, chest. Oh. Um, yeah. uh, I'll keep oh. going. Oh. It gets it gets lower. Oh. All right. Um, that, that, did I answer your question? Yes, you okay, did. Thank you. Thank you. I wish I'd never asked it. Uh, I can't decide if I want to ask this question to Allie or to Michael Cohen. I'm going to ask it to Michael Cohen first. Uh, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and... You're going to uh, ask him my gay MA question? Uh, what's the thing they kept saying to each other during the uh, testament when someone... Um, I'm going to give... They were giving uh, other people their time. It was really funny. Oh, yeah. Your your time is up or whatever? Uh, no, but they would give other people. They are like, I, uh, three minutes left? I... Uh, Oh, there was a word. I can't remember now, but they would say, uh, you can have my time. I'm going to give my time to uh, this congressman. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. So, In your opening testimony, uh, what would you call yourself? A fool. Allie, uh, what would you call yourself? Hey, a lesbian. Now, as a, a lesbi- lesbian fool. Serious question. Of all of the lesbian nicknames, and I'm not just talking like U-Haul lesbian or, you know, even the, the funny ones, right? Like the lesbian dinosaur, a.k.a. the lick a lot of puss. Ah, that's a good one. What, well, that's actually accurate, too. We, we talked to a guy at a museum. <laughs> actually, I don't like it. Okay. Uh, um, what is your favorite and least favorite lesbian nickname? Huh. And do you use them, as part two to the question, do you use them when talking about your lesbian friends or do you feel like you don't need to because you're kind of in the group anyway? Uh, let's see. I don't, as far as my favorite and least favorite lesbian words, I do enjoy muff muncher because I just think it rolls off the tongue well. I think that a, a, a certain visual comes to mind that is both unpleasant and funny. 
I enjoy that word, and I wish that we as a community used it more often just in passing. Hey, what's up, Muff Munchers? I really enjoy that. My least favorite, hmm, and this is not one that I would attribute to myself, but I really hate B-O-I as boy. Oh. I just, hmm. I don't like it. I, don't, I just is like, oh yeah, they're a boi. But I also don't like bay or any of those other words. It's that, funny because you're such a fan of DIY projects. Yeah. Yet you hate boi. Yeah, huh. yeah. I like DIY, not boi. But uh, um, what was your second question? It was, do I use those in everyday conversation with my lesbo friend? Yeah, like uh, like if you're describing a friend of yours or, or talking about a friend of yours, would you say like? I guess you wouldn't if you don't like it. Uh, by the way, great idea for a name for our show. Now that we know what Ali hates. Boy, B-O-Y, meets B-O-I. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I don't really use... I mean, there was... I, I, I think I referred to somebody I met as a softball lesbian recently. Yes. Because she had a super tight ponytail. Oh, okay. <laughs> Glad you finished that sentence with ponytail. Yeah. That would have led to a problem in your <laughs> oh, marriage, yeah. I'm sure. No, 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 no. <laughs> I did ask. I, I asked for fashion advice from my uh, wife the other day, and I was like, does my hair look bad? And she was like, no, it looks just like the colonial ponytail I gave my character on Fallout 4. Oh, well, I'm sure she loved that. <laughs> and I was like, is that good or bad? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a colonial ponytail? I'm not really sure if that's a compliment or not. But a colony tail. We call them colony tails, where <laughs> I'm mean, from. Uh, All right, this has been the game, eh? Have we learned anything? Absolutely not. Nope. But when we get back, we'll wrap up the show, maybe take another listen to some of uh, our favorite moments from today's testimony, and, uh, you know, we'll uh, go ahead and move on with our day, and uh, who knows where that will lead to, uh, lead to, but probably somewhere incredibly scary, uh, meaning that we'll go home to our wives. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be back after this on the all-new Channel Q. This is Channel Q. All right, well, we got to go, which is uh, good news for some people, bad news for others. But the good news is we'll be back again tomorrow with uh, a brand new show, The Return of Cray Cray Gay Gay, and some of the other things that we have planned for you. Plus, you never know who else will be giving testimony in the next 24 hours that we can break down in its entirety before we uh, before we are back for a brand new live show, right? Yeah, I think I'm just finally learning how these testimonies work, and they are long and exhausting. I'm just so glad I'm not a part of the legal system. That was one of the greatest decisions I ever made. Yeah, I, I know, like, uh, you know, we don't necessarily make uh, what people would consider to be a lot of money or any money working in radio. We don't have money to bid on our own paintings. No, no, no. There's been no paintings. Actually, there have been paintings there, of us, but yeah. they were free, and that is exactly the value that they are uh, they are probably worth. Mm-hmm. But regardless, thanks for being with us today. Maybe you learned a thing or two. Perhaps you didn't. But in the meantime, you can find Allie at Your Allie Johnson on all the socials. Find out about her project that she is currently casting and always looking for money for, which is called a Butch Pal for the Straight Gal. I think it's going to be a huge hit, and I say that because I'm a producer on it based on my sizable <laughs> donation. Yeah, um, and if you want to donate more money, we have been approved for a fiscal sponsorship, so it's a tax write-off. I don't know what, uh-huh. a, I don't know what a fisting sp- sponsorship is, but I'm in. I'm interested. Uh, anyway, you can find me at the Kevin Klein. Find us together each and every day here on the all-new Channel Q. Welcome to the new cities. Welcome back to the old cities, and we will see you tomorrow. Same gay time, same gay station. Um, uh, for anyone, you can listen. Doesn't matter uh, what your sexual orientation is, even if you're asexual. Hey, we got a place for you right yeah, here. We have lots of questions for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Call us Please at one of these us. one of these days. Put this number in your phone. You may need it. Eight three three seven seven. Call Q. Uh, until tomorrow, we say bye. Curious. <laughs>